Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back once again to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray. And, uh, yes, it is actually about, let's say it's 9.32 at night. That's the actual, quote, the uh, correct time. And, um, and yes, it is odd that I do get, I actually get to do a, uh, episode with you guys. It's, um, actually had the day off again. Uh, usually I work about 40 hours a week. So, this is my second day off in a week, and I will be busy pretty much Monday, Friday through Next Monday I'll be working unless I can get a um, episode in to um, yeah to a cut you know to, to cut a uh, episode and we talk about maybe this this week's games. Uh, speaking of this week's game, before we go any further, if um, for folks who have Amazon Prime, uh, you get to see the Chicago Bears and Washington Commanders are on right now. I believe they start about what eight fifteen, eight twenty, give or give or give or take. Uh, you know, give or give or take there a little bit, um, but it is it is uh, interesting. Of course, I don't know if you got any fantasy people involved in that game or not. I know um, I don't know if you have a Carlson Wentz. Um, I don't know if you had Brian Robinson involved in those games or or you know anybody else. Uh, I know Curtis Samuel has been hot hand um, a couple weeks ago. Terry uh, Terry McGillan is the Top receiver. I don't need to have any of them. I don't think you, um, you got Justin Fields, David Montgomery back from injury. Looked very good last last week. Uh, I don't know if you got Daryl Mooney on your team. He might be the only receiver worth holding on to if you're a Scott, if you're a uh, fantasy owner. But um, but uh, as of right now, I think the biggest man has been what Herbert. I believe uh, Herbert's been the biggest uh, man. The um, running back from the uh, Chicago Bears, the backup to David Montgomery. I think he's got like four carries. 65 yards. Uh, Montgomery's only got like 26 yards, I believe. I might be wrong on that rushing as of right now. Um, I do not know of any injuries. I don't know if Montgomery got hurt or what's going on with that or just what the case is. Like I said, I do not have Amazon Prime, so I don't know exactly what's going on, you know, with that, with that per se. Um, any event as we start most of my podcast so for those who join me for the very first time i want to say thank you for doing so and please please continue to come on back invite your family your friends your loved ones your neighbors your dog your cat co-workers whoever you need to invite please come on in invite and come on into the pod enter into the uh into the uh, world in this world of uh as we talk football um for those who have been here from day one i want to say thank you for doing so and please once again, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your dog, your cat, your coworkers, whomever you need to, whoever you need to invite, please come on in. Um, as you said here lately, um, I have picked up a couple of viewers here and there, and I want to say those who have, who are, have reached out, you know, who have listened to the podcast, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast, and I hope you continue to, um, to do so. Um, Trying to think of anything else I need to bring up before we start jumping into jumping into foot into uh, football news. Um, nothing I can really think of on top of my head. Uh, again, like I said, uh, I'm only on Facebook. If you got any questions, please reach reach to me out on Facebook. Um, I am on um, from Anchor to Spotify to uh, Google Podcast to Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio. I am on there as well. Um, so. Please, if you don't listen to Anchor, there are other you know outlets that I'm on. Other you know other podcasts have picked me up. I'm on Amazon Music. If you're an Amazon Music fan, I'm on there as well. So uh, if you got any you know any 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 questions you want to ask me, 
just reach me out on Facebook. That is the best bet. Again, I will do the best I can to answer your questions. Or if you've got a keyboard, if you've got a subject that you would love me to bring up on the show, I will do so. I will do the best I can to uh, certainly put that um, that on the show. If you got any fantasy football uh, advice, you know that you need some advice or got a question, I'll do the best I can to uh, answer that as well. Um, I don't really talk too much about fantasy football this year. I haven't really done that as much as I have liked to. But again, I could answer any. I'll answer. I'll do the best I can to answer any questions under the sun as far as you know any fantasy football. If you want to get any fantasy football tips. Uh, again, like I said, I played uh, fantasy sports for 34 years now, and I certainly enjoy it. And again, as I'll tell my viewers, you have your ups, you have your up years, you have your down years. You get a little bit of this, you get a little bit of that. Um, but enough of that. Enough of that. We, we'll start jumping right into um, start jumping right into uh, football. Let's talk about. Um, speaking of one of the teams involved in tonight's game, let's talk about Washington, and not so much what's going on the field. But let's talk about what's going off the field. And if you have, and if, certainly if you have gone to look at ESPN, there is a, a great article that's put out by ESPN. Uh, an ESPN writer uh, did an outstanding job in an article um, about uh, Daniel Schneider. And um, have you heard the latest from Daniel Schneider? It goes like this. Um, of course, there's been rumors, of course, we all know the Daniel Schneider situation, and um, you know he has been in, in a heap of trouble the last couple of years. Um, I mean, it started. It's it started. I, I don't know. It started like two, three years ago when it was like um, they were doing a a photo shoot of the Washington cheerleaders out of the country, and there was you know um, and the rumor was that some of these cheerleaders were asked to um, go topless. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Staking on that, I could be wrong, and someone maybe will correct me on that. Um, and again, that's where it started. Uh, of course, this past year, rumors were running around that um, that there was um, um, sexual misconduct in the workplace, and again, there was harassment. Um, and again, that came about under you know under Daniel Schneider's watch. Uh, of course, there was the one, what was it, several months ago to the point where he was cutting, I guess he was um, not giving the visiting team all the money from the gate, from the gate, you know, that they're supposed to receive, you know. That's another thing that was tossed up as well. And of course, there's rumors going around that the owners, of course, um, that there was rumors that owners wanted to get get rid of, uh, get rid of uh, Daniel Schneider, you know, kick him out. Um, he had to give up his day-to-day operations to his wife. His wife runs the Washington, you know, commanders right now. Uh, a lot of people feel that that's probably not really the case, that Daniel still calls the shots, and I'm sure he does. Now, I've heard his wife, Tanya, is a, a very smart businesswoman. But if you pay millions and millions of dollars on a team, I don't care if you're, you know, I don't care if you're in the, uh, you're up in Antarctica somewhere, if you pay that much amount of money, you're gonna have you're gonna have still some say so on the day to day operations. You can have you can have the, the custodian and put him in charge, but you're one still calling the shots. Now again, Tanya, I've heard Tanya's done great things, you know, within the community, and I'm sure Don Tanya certainly has some say so over some of the matters. Certainly, 
but Daniel's the one that calls the shots. The buck stops at Daniel Schneider's door, so to speak. And that's, and that's, but again, speculation is that he's, well, he, I guess he was told to get away from the team. I don't know if he's been suspended by Roger Goodell because of the, because of all these incidents the last few years, especially with the um, misconduct in the workplace. And, you know, that was one of the biggest things the big thing and of course now the revenue of course uh you know uh chip uh, i guess you you could say skimming off the top if you want to say that from the visit from the uh, visiting team if let's say if the, if the philadelphia eagles come to town they're not giving the philadelphia eagles all their revenue sort of you know sort of speak again that is a huge okay that's certainly that's certainly a no-no and with all this going on he's asked you to step away from 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 day operations, that's why Tanya, uh, Tanya Schneider is taking over. Now, the rumor is going around now that the heat is coming down. That a lot of people, you know, within the ownership, wants to wants to take over. That they want to get rid of the. Um, There has been reports among, I think, among owners that they want him to, um, pretty much, uh, they wanted to sell the team in a nutshell, basically. Um, of course, Dan Schneider, of course, this is, this, I'm sure Daniel, Dan Schneider is not too happy about that. He has now come up with a comment about, um, that he has dirt on a lot of the owners in the, NF, in the NFL. He's even got dirt on Roger, you know, Cadell as well. Now this is this is kind of gone way way beyond. This has kind of gone way beyond the the limits. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like, it's it's hard. It's kind of hard to explain. Basically, in a nutshell, it's kind of like he's the spoiled rich kid that can't get what he wants. So hey, I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and that's kind of how it comes off now. Once Daniel got the article, if you read the ESPN article, it's it's a very good read, an excellent read, and highly would recommend it. But it's like when Daniel came in, everybody wanted Daniel came in because he was a uh, he was a young owner, a fresh new face, could give you a different opinion, could give you you know different perspective on things, and that's and that's probably the way that owners probably took it. But once he got in, it's like the article was saying that uh, he disrespected a lot of the older guard. And I'm sure that didn't go well if you had like the, the Giants, the Maras, the Roonies, uh, especially those as well. Yeah, um, I'm sure the houses, you know, if, if you come in and you disrespect like that hierarchy right there, yeah, that's that's not a good start for you. Um, again, a lot of people, it's like, again, Daniel Shiner's trying to get a, get a new stadium built within the D.C. area. He hasn't done that. They moved to Landover, Maryland. A lot of people said the Orlando Maryland Stadium is really is one of the oldest stadiums in the league, and it's falling apart. And they tried to do State in Maryland; they haven't done that. Now Virginia, of course, there was what a rumor a few months a few months back that they had purchased some. They were going to purchase a um, a place in Prince William, you know, Prince William County, to maybe get get the Washington team to the Northern Virginia, Northern Virginia, which would have been a great idea. But it seems like here, according to the article, nobody seems to want the Washington football team. Now, 
I was thinking to myself today, I said, this is kind of one of those situations where I don't think this is going to happen. This is, and this is one of those situations where it'd be kind of like an Al Davis type of thing where, okay, if you, if you can't, if I can't, you know, get a stadium from, from D.C. or Maryland or Virginia, maybe I need to take my team elsewhere. You know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying Daniel Shy has never had a thought run through his head because I guarantee you he probably does. And, and you take a look at all the teams that generate the new stadiums. I mean, Jerry Jones put together Dallas not that long. It doesn't seem that long ago. The Rams and Chargers, they have a nice, nice new stadium. I mean, just two off the top of my head that have got new new stadiums and certainly doing very, very, very well. Now, I'm surprised, I'm surprised Daniel, you know, there's, I'm sure there's always cities that would want, you know, that, that certainly, or another state that would certainly want, I mean, there's always talk about, what is it, um, San Antonio's name has always popped up in some kind of conversation about maybe they wanted a new, a new, a new, sta a new stadium. Uh, what about, and again, what about San Diego? Well, the Chargers left San Diego to L.A., now, can you see, I don't know if I see Washington, I don't see, I don't see the commanders going from Washington all the way to San Diego, because then again, that would, yeah, then you did that, I'm sure they would kind of create a, you got to, uh, what do you do the divisions, right? I can't see Washington not being in, in the, I cannot see the commanders not being in the NFC East anymore because of that, because then somebody would like, then somebody like maybe Carolina, for example, Carolina's in the NFC South, they could probably go to the uh, NFC East. And fit right in, but then again, what are you gonna do? You're gonna put Washington in the NFC, put it with put them in the NFC West. That would give you five teams. Yeah, yeah, they give you yeah another team in the NFC West. Um, again, I'm surprised that thought has not passed in Daniel Shiner's mind about well, if not, if I got you know these teams, these people are not gonna give me my stadium. I need to go pack my bags and go elsewhere. But again. Again, Daniel's been Daniel's been, and I get you know Daniel's been upset because of all the stuff that's come out about him the last couple of years. And now he's like, okay, well if these, and I'm sure you know, okay, if these owners want to get get back with me. You know what? I've known these owners for you know several years now. I know their de I know their skeletons in the closet, so to speak. I know you know I know. You know I'm sure that I'm sure he's you know he's saying well this person's got a problem that person's got a problem. And I'm sure we all know about Jerry Jones and his situation with the what was the 25 year old daughter daughter that has come out has come out and some say it's blackmail or something like that and you know I mean that's that's one thing but I mean he says that hey if you want to get me you know, if you want to get me off off of my team you want me you want me to sell my team then hey then, hey, you know, if you're going to make me do that, then I've got dirt on you, you, and you, and you. And even when he comes out and says, I got dirt on Roger Goodell, well, that's really, that's kind of really, you know, taking it, taking it really to the extreme. But, you know, but Daniel Buck is upon himself. He has nobody back to blame, but certainly himself. All this has gone on for the last few years within the organization. Now, to me, to me, and I hate to agree with everybody, but, for Washington's sake, it's best that Daniel did sell, you know, did just, just, you know, sell the team. Now, Daniel wasn't always the, you know, he wasn't the majority owner. He had other owners, he had other, you know, minority owners in the team. And I think, you know, several years ago, he bought the minority owners out. 
and he's sole owner of the of the Washington football team. And he took out a huge loan, of course, in the article that says, well, you know, Daniel kind of got away with the, with the huge loan because I think in the NFL bylaws, bylaws, I should say, that you're not supposed to have, you know, it's like I think he might, I don't know if he, I don't know if Daniel's in debt, but he should have taken as much money out as he did to, you know, to, to buy the team. It's it's interesting, Mark, you, you, you got to go read, go read the article. A lot of people have said that, a lot of people have given Daniel Schneider a lot of, um, a lot of leeway in all this, um, you know, and of course the emails that came out about, you know, Blue Sound and, um, you know, and John Gruden, um, again, those are situations where, that's a situation where a lot of people kind of blame Bruce Allen, maybe more so for the, the misconduct, more so than, more so than Daniel Schneider. But to me, that's that still falls on. That's going to fall on. That falls on Daniel Schneider, and I know that Daniel and and I'm sure there's somebody out there with a lot of money that would certainly buy a football team. And there's been many people over the years that want to buy a football team that are very interested in getting a football team. And and Washington, to me, Washington, a historical franchise. I mean, let's be honest with you, Jack Kent Cook. Well, I remember Jack King Cook in Houston. Matter of fact, this is the guy that used to own the L.A. Lakers until Mr. Bus came in, took over, took over, and took the Lakers to even greater heights. And Jack King Cook had a hard time. Then, of course, he got Washington. He had the Washington uh, football team. Now, there were some glory days under 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 Mr. Cook, and certainly the, we all remember the Hogs, right? But I think I believe it. There was I was always rumored that Jack King Cook he had skeletons in his closet. I mean, there was rumors at one point in time that I believe that that he was racist. Racist at one time. There was even you know a rumor went around about that at one point in time. But for Daniel Schneider, it gets to the point now where we're we're, we're at that point where yeah maybe you know maybe it's probably best that he would sell a team. But I don't think you know Dan's not going to sell a team. He's not gonna go down without a fight, and I think you know. And certainly, you need what I think is what twenty-four. The vote of twenty-four to do it, and some people think that he would have. He could very well be close to the twenty-four. I don't know if he would have the twenty-four votes to get to, to bump Daniel out. But again, you know, and I think Roger Goodell's kind of let you know had like Daniel Shine get away with a lot of stuff. I think was the article also said that he went to the. Yeah, that he had to step in and he had to, you know, go to go to court and talk in front of the Senate and stuff like this. And I don't think Adele was too happy about that. Jerry Jones was his biggest starter. I think starter. I think Jerry Jones is kind of now has gotten tired of uh, Daniel Schneider, Schneider's antics and whatnot. So now he gets to the point. Like I said, there's plenty of guy, plenty of people out there that would certainly buy Washington. Now I don't know who would who would. Who would go out there and, and buy Washington? Washington is, like I said, is a it's got a great tradition. I mean, Washington has won some Super Bowls. Washington's had some, you know, great players that have come that have come through, have come through there. And it's time for a change. Now again, the Giants, the Mars have, have have ran the franchise for many, many, many years. You know, but again, the Giants are kind of on the downside. They're four and one this year. The Eagles. 
Eagles. They've got steady ownership. Jerry Jones, again, Jerry's steady ownership. But again, the funny thing about it is Washington really has not had the steadiest ownership in that division. I mean, what's next? I mean, we're going to do, we're going to do like a Green Bay Packer type of thing and just go ahead and just sell stock, you know, put the put the put team, you know, team public and put stock in the team or something like that, like, like the Green Bay Packers do. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but there is somebody certainly within, you know, within that will certainly take, that will certainly buy the Washington Commanders. And again, let's say, you know, let's say for the sake of argument, that if he gets, a, if the 24, if there's 24, Daniel's out, then I'm sure Daniel will come back in and Daniel's going to get, is going to say, well, I've got this dirt on this owner, I've got dirt on that owner. And this is going to be the point where, you know, it's okay, if you want me, if you want me to make me sell my team, that's not going to happen, because if you do, then I've got, and then I'm going to come back on you, come back at you. Now, whether Daniel really has dirt on these, on some owners, I don't know. Again, I'm sure that people have secrets. Everybody, I think everybody in life has a secret that you don't, that you don't want to tell, that you try to, what's that called? Sometimes it's like a white lie. Sometimes a white lie is not bad, but then again, when that white lie kind of grows and it gets a little bit out of hand, that's when you got, that's when the, that's when the biggest, that's when the huge problem comes in. Well, Maybe Dana Schneider has told a couple of white lies here and there, and those white lies are getting are coming back to bite him in the butt because they've gotten blown out of proportion. But for Daniel, I mean Daniel is, and I hate to tell Dana Schneider this, but it's best bet that for him to get out, for him to get out while he's getting it good. And I'm sure the there's a lot of owners in this league will probably be happy Daniel did sell the team. Maybe it's time to get a another fresh face in there a one that that has a lot of respect for the you know for the world of, for the nfl a person that is not a, a person that can bring a fresh new idea to the league but also can get along with the older with the older you know ownerships in the league and there's a lot of there's a lot of older owners in the league you still have the Rooney's hanging around the mars hanging around you still got the house the house the house is you know like House, the relatives of houses, you still got the Fords. The Fords are hanging around in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Jones is not the spring chicken himself. I mean, you got a lot of, you know, I mean, Mike Brown, Cincinnati Bengals, Mike Brown's been around for many, many years. Again, there's a lot of, you know, the, like I said, there's a lot of still old, old ownerships that are still around. But yeah, it'd be nice to have a fresher, a fresher face, a fresher ideal. When Jerry Jones came in, Jerry Jones turned the world on his on its ear with what he knew. Yeah, with what he knew. When Jerry came in, I'm sure Jerry ruffled a few feathers, but Jerry got the owners eventually on his side, and he got to look at a way bigger picture. And Jerry's done wonderful things for the for, for the NFL. You know, Daniel Schneider, you gotta say what is what is Daniel Schneider brought brought to the NFL. He hasn't really brought much. He's brought probably uh, more disappointment and more he's brought bad things, he's brought a bad image to to Washington. It's time for Daniel Daniel to sell his team. And I think this is just a, this is what he needs to do for the best for the benefit for the best of the NFL, for the best for himself. Now now, if that comes about, 
I don't know. But we'll 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 see in time. But you know, but again, once again, if you look at the art, read the article. It's a very interesting article, a nice piece. But for Daniel Schneider, it 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 is getting to the point. It's getting to the point now where I'm afraid to I'm afraid to read. I'm afraid to read you know, ESPN or NFL.com if you are a fan of the Washington Post. I'm sure you can get more dirt off the Washington Post than probably anything else or Washington Post puts out there. You know, um, if it's just yeah, it's getting to the point where it's getting really ridiculous. Um, but something needs to be done. He needs to Daniel needs to pretty much just sell the team, get out while the getting is good. Um, because if he doesn't, who knows what else? What else dirt can be dug up on the Washington football team? What Daniel and what Daniel Schneider and what Daniel Schneider has done um, is getting is getting way way out of hand. Um, but again, who yeah who would buy? I'm sure like there's a lot of teams that they would buy buy Washington. Maybe a former player, maybe some former player. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some foreign players can get together and buy, and buy the team. Who knows? They tried to. They tried to. You know, they tried. They've made some new hirings. They've made some new hirings. So some of those new hirings had to, had to stay around. There's been a story, of course, that they, a lot hasn't really changed as far as the as far as the uh, front office goes, as far as like you know the inner workings. But again, a lot of people that uh, a lot of people feel that it was Daniel Schneider that convinced them to trade for Carlson Wentz, which again I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel didn't have his fingers in on it, even though he's not probably supposed to. But I'm not. It wouldn't be shocking if he was the one that was involved in that. And again, you have to wonder how much Ron Rivera really wanted Carson Wentz. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, he probably he probably would have been okay with Tyler Heineke still being the starting quarterback. Again, they drafted Sam Howard, but again, Sam Howard, I'm sure Sam Howard, if he was going to be the quarterback of the future, he's probably got at least probably got a couple more years to wait if he's going to be at all the quarterback of the future. A lot of people say that Carson Wentz is not the quarterback of the future. He is a pretty much a, pretty much at a little stopgap. I'm sure, like I said, there's there's a team of the draft is coming up, you know, you've got three, probably about three good, three decent, three or four quarterbacks in the draft that could step in, that would step in and get an opportunity to try to lead the franchise. Does Washington go back in that direction again? I don't know. But if they go in that direction again, will Daniel Schneider be the one leading the team? As of right now, it seems to be the case. That's going to be the case. Um, I don't know if, I don't, I don't really don't see the owners really coming down hard on Daniel Schneider and telling him to sell the team. If the stories are true, then he does have dirt on these owners, which again I kind of have my doubts about. But I'm interested to see if if they force his hand, does Daniel come out and say, "Well, hey, you know, hey, this is what you know, this is what I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna do. If you want me to sell the team, here I got dirt on you, Jerry Jones. Here I got dirt on the Rooney's. Here I got dirt on the Fords, or whatever the case might be. The you know whatever it is. The point being is this: it's time for Daniel to pretty much get out and sell the team but you know again what's that expression you're not going quietly in the night well Daniel Schneider's not going quietly in the night if he has to sell the team he's certainly going to take a lot of people a lot of people with him right Daniel it's time to give it up 
kind of sell it to you, kind of move on to other things. I'm sure you probably have other business adventures that you're that you're about to get into, but to me, football can no longer be can no longer be one of them. Now let's talk about the uh, next subject. Bring up is the uh, talk about the reigning and defending Super Bowl champions, the Rams. Now let's talk about. Uh, Every talks about that the Rams could certainly use Odell Beckham back on the football team. Now Odell has had an ACL injury. Rumors are he will not be ready until about maybe what week nine or ten or something like that, or eleven, some point late in the season. Now, I believe Odell has tweeted out something to the effect where he, um, where the Rams have certainly reached out with the contract, and Odell has kind of rejected the contract because um, because they feel it, it's it's not it's not what he really feels that he's really worth. Now, you know, uh, Sean McFay has come out and said that he does not know the numbers on the contract that was, you know, given, that was given to to Odell. Um, now, whether I buy that or not, I, I don't, I'm going to say I don't really buy it because I got a feeling that, I got a feeling that Sean McFay and Les Snead are probably what they call it, lockstep, and I'm sure Sean has an ideal as to what they've offered him, but OBJ has come out. And said basically in a nutshell that he feels that um he's not getting that he's the contract is not what it's worth. Now now I'm not gonna deny what Odell Odell stepped in when he signed with the Rams. He stepped in and he did a he did a fairly he did a fairly good job. He came in and he did he did an excellent job. He he kind of filled pretty that he was pretty much like the number two receiver basically behind behind Cooper Cup. And he did an outstanding job. Matter of fact, he looked good. He looked very good in the Super Bowl, to the point where he could have maybe been the Super Bowl's MVP, unless until he got hurt, until he tore his ACL. Because to be honest with you, the Bengals couldn't stop him at all whatsoever. But again, the ACL injury popped up, and again, he might have been on his way to be MVP. And you know, and I'm sure Odell's probably telling um, Les Snead, and I'm sure his agent's probably telling him that Les, um, look at the Super Bowl. My client, you know, my client was probably on the way to be MVP until he tore his ACL. I mean, my gosh, my client stepped in, and he was like, a bolt of lightning hit your team. Yeah, I get it. Cooper, Cooper Cup was the man. He said, but when Odell stepped on that field, it's like, whoa, it was like, it was different. It was like, you got to remember, it was Robert Woods that also got hurt. You had Van Jefferson, who you thought could step in, was inconsistent at times. You had this person, that person step in. But when my client came to your team, oh my gosh, things changed. And to agree, Odell was right. Now, I don't know, I, again, I don't know the numbers that Odell was looking at or what the numbers that Les Snead gave, gave him. Now, there are the rumors out there that Odell, that a lot of teams are still interested in Odell's, in Odell. Even with, even with the ACL injury, they feel that Odell could help their team late in the year. Now, again, the Rams got in late in the year, and look what he's done for the Rams. Are there teams? I'm sure there are teams out there. I'm sure the Rams are one of them. The Rams, the Rams could start using Allen Robinson has been a has been a bust to this point. The top two men are were, was it Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby, the tight end, been the top two weapons for Matthew Shepard, who he seems to trust. Right, you know, for right now. Now, to me, I think Allen Robinson can still be a benefit to the Rams if they use him. 
but at the end of Sean McVay has not used him. And to me, I think Robinson still could be a pretty decent number two, but they've got to get him more involved. Sean McVay has said that. But I'm interested to see if Odell Beckham comes in. Yeah, Odell would be what, the number two? Robinson could boost that bump back to number three. At some point, Van Jefferson, I think, is supposed to come back. Are you going to bump Van Jefferson and give him a four spot as your receiver? I mean, again, there was always talk about the Green Bay Packers. I'm not saying the Packers couldn't use an ex- uh, ex- explosive player like Odell Beckham, but I don't see Aaron Rodgers Odell Beckham coexisting. Nah, I don't see that happening. One possibility is there was a rumor would have to Cleveland, could he go back to the Cleveland Browns? I don't see that. Ha- that's not going to happen. You do have Amari Cooper. You put Co- Beckham and Cooper together. Be a nice one-two punch, but I don't see what you need Cleveland happening. Uh, what was the, the the craziest one I heard was the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are all are all in. They signed Von Miller this offseason to boost the pass rush up, and Von Miller has played very well. Somebody said, well, can you imagine Odell with maybe, you know, Odell go along with Stephon Diggs and, and Gabe Davis? Well, be very interested to see how that would, how that would play out. But again, speculation. But Odell, yeah, but I have to wonder what a, what Odell is Odell really wants. You know, now Odell has to, Odell has to think about it. I mean, Odell has been hurt what at least three different times in the last what three or four years. Now Odell is not the same player as he was when he was with the New York Giants. Yeah, I mean Odell was a beast. Everybody remembers the old what is the old one-handed catch against Dallas. Everybody remembers that. That's goes down in NFL history. But again, towards the end, he, he kind of struggled with injuries. He kind of struggled in bad quarterback play. Eli Manning was on the downside of his career. And he had Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, which Daniel really wasn't hitting all, hitting all, all much. So injuries and bad quarterback play hurt, hurt him. He goes to the Cleveland Browns. He got Baker Mayfield. They said, oh my gosh, things are going to be better. Well, Odell Becker, Odell and Baker, now they got off that start. And of course, and of course, rumors that Odell's dad stepped in, stepped in, and was just bad mouthing Baker. He said, My son's open most of the time, and he's not throwing the ball to to my son. Again, Odell got hurt in Cleveland. He wore his welcome. He's gone. The Rams took him. And the rest, yeah, and the rest became, you know, the Rams took him, the rest was history. And Odell, and I'm sure Odell kind of convinced everybody that, hey, I'm the same player I was when I was when I was first in with the Giants. Now, there are still, still times Odell can be an explosive weapon. There's no denying that. But Odell's not a number one receiver anymore. Could he be a number two receiver if he can stay healthy? He could be a decent number two receiver for somebody. Now, whether he goes back to the Rams or where else could it go? Now, the one possibility, the, the craziest and the, and the weirdest possibility what about the Dallas Cowboys? Think about it. Odell and Dallas? You think about it. C.D. Lamb on one side, Odell on the other side. Maybe Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup goes to the, number th- to the number three slot. And Dak Prescott returns from the, returns from the thumb injury. Now, now, and I said, now we're cooking, now we're cooking on something. I have to wonder if Jerry Jones, in the back of his mind, doesn't think that. Now, I know that you gave Michael Gallup a contract extension. You re-signed, Kobe, you re-signed Michael Gallup to a contract. It was a three-year deal. Yeah, but I got to remember, but I got to sit back and I got to think about this one. But can you see 
Can you see Odell with a star in his helmet? Now, that would be interesting. Very interesting. But again, you start looking at teams, you start looking around at teams, I could, I, could, I could use an Odell. Yeah, I could use an Odell, an Odell Beckham. And Odell, yeah, Odell still has some, some kind of value. Now, again, we don't know what Odell is asking for. But again, I'm sure that Rams are, they've got to be at the top of the list because it was the Rams that took a chance on Odell Beckham and it paid off. Now, I'm not going to say, I'll give it, I don't say, I don't want, I'm sure that Odell thinks a lot of his, you know, thinks a lot of his stock because he's going off of, hey, I came to your team, this is what I've done for your team. I could have been the MVP of the Super Bowl that I told ACL. Again, that's a value. If Odell's making an argument, it's probably a value argument to make. But again, I'm sure I'm sure Odell doesn't want a one-year deal. He probably, maybe he wants a two-year deal. I don't know. I don't know the money amount. But for right now, my guess is, I mean, my guess would be Odell could go anywhere. But the Rams are probably the number one choice because Odell kind of, maybe Odell in a way, I don't know if Odell feels loyalty to the Rams because they, because they rescued him to the point where he took off and he started playing well for them. But it's interesting, I don't, you know, a lot of athletes always think highly of themselves, and they should. As an athlete, you gotta have a, maybe a little bit of an ego on your own ability. But now, sometimes an ego, you can choke, as one, one of the expression, you can choke on your pride, but sometimes you can also choke on your ego. And and I'm sure Odell has, has a pretty good, I'm sure he has a pretty good ego, and it's what they say, receivers can be like divas. Now again, one thing I'll say about Odell is you don't hear a lot of off-field off stuff with Odell. Antonio Brown had, that, had those issues. Odell, not so much so. Odell might have issues maybe somewhere in a locker room, but not off-field. But again, there are teams, of course, if you're, a good, if you're a talented player, again, that gets overlooked sometimes, and I hate to say it. But can you see it? What about Odell in Kansas City? Now, granted, Kansas City's got a plethora of receivers, but they don't have that that have that receiver. Can you imagine Odell with Patrick Mahomes throwing the football? Now, there's something to think about. Now, there's something to really kind of say, hmm, on. Again, just saying, throwing it out there. But I'm sure the Rams would have the upper hand on other, on other, other teams because maybe they feel that Odell owes them, owes them for rescuing them. And Odell... Paid him back in full. But again, I get it, Odell. I get it, Odell holds out because what he did, the brief period of time to help the Rams, what, how much, you know, what he did for them. But I got to be honest with you. But I got to be honest. How much more, you know, how much can Odell, but how much money is Odell asking for? And if he is, is he worth, is he worth bringing back? And can he be, healthy enough to help you get back to the playoffs or try to repeat as champions. Right now the Rams are kind of struggling to find their identity. But for the Rams, I don't know what Odell's asking for, but do you think Odell can put you over the top? And to me, that's something that Odell, that's something that Les Schneed, even Sean McVay, they need to sit down and say, hey Odell, this is what we can give you. You gotta cut us some slack. We resurrected you. Yeah, we rescued you from free agency in Cleveland. Cleveland cut you, Odell. Odell, you know, Odell. 
here's what you got to do. You got to cut out some slack. Odell could probably look at him and say, well, I can go to this team, this team, this team. That's a playoff contender. And I can get this, I can get probably a little bit more money than what you're offering me. Maybe so. Maybe that's the case. But for right now, certainly, it's interesting to see. I'm interested to see if somebody's going to come up, if somebody's going to offer. You know, and everybody has that. Everybody's got somewhere where something leaks out, right? Everybody's got a thing where something leaks out here or leaks out there. Somebody's going to gossip or somebody's going to tell somebody something. I'm interested to see if yeah, if stuff like that will come out. If hey, this is what this is what Odell was offered. But right now, the Rams seem to be tight-lipped on that. There is no rumors coming out about about that as of yet. Maybe it will. Don't know. But for Odell, I'm sure it's a back and forth train for him and Les Snead as to which one, yeah, which one will give in. Will Les Snead give in and give Odell what he wants? Or Odell give the Rams the benefit of the doubt and say, yeah, you're right. You helped me out. You got my career back on track. This is what we need to do. Will it happen? I wouldn't be surprised if Odell does go back to, go back to the Rams at all. It wouldn't surprise me. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised if Odell went somewhere else. But for right now, yeah, I get it. Rams are probably being candid to get Odell. And the way the Rams are struggling right now, maybe maybe Odell would be a, a ray of sunlight, a ray of sunshine for the Rams. Maybe it could help take the pressure off of Cooper Cup. Maybe it could maybe it could, yeah, get Matthew Stratford right back on track. But for right now, the Rams are gonna continue to struggle. And I believe, you know, we'll find out if Odell goes back to the Rams or not. We'll see in time. Now let's stay in um let's stay in LA and let's talk about a uh let's talk about the other football team that is the uh Chargers that's in Los Angeles right now. I know sometimes people feel call it San Diego and it's kind of hard to strip of the tone because everybody remembers the uh San Diego for many, many years until they couldn't get a, a, a deal done in San Diego to keep them around. They moved to Los Angeles now. Somebody asked me the other day this question, and this was a question that kind of got was, uh, is Brandon Staley the right coach for the Chargers moving forward? Now, the one thing, the one thing about the Chargers is for, and this is this has been going on for many years. This is something that has not just developed all of a sudden. There's a lot of years that the Chargers have always had a lot of talent on their teams. Go back to if you want to go back to. To the, to the late great Don Coriel and the, and the Eric Coriel, you remember the guy like, you remember Dan Fouts. You remember Dan Fouts and you know, the running and the running games they had at one time on those teams. They had, was it Gary Anderson who came from the USFL? I can remember a little train, Lionel James. I can remember Chuck Muncie, of course, Muncie started his career with the uh, New Orleans Saints. Um, one time they had, was it, you remember James Brooks, right? Chargers, then he got traded to the Bengals. Or sound the Bengals later on. But think about the receivers from Charlie Jordan, who's in the NFL for many, many years. You had John Jefferson. You had one of the best tight ends in the league, and Kellen Winslow. You had some pretty decent, some decent offensive linemen back then, back in the day. There was certainly there was certainly talent on those teams, and there was a couple of years. Matter of fact, I think when the team reached the AFC Championship game, and lost. I remember one time they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think it was like minus who knows how many degrees it was, and a lot of people felt as if the game had been played in California, 
the Chargers would have whipped it on the Bengals on the Bengals' butt. But the Bengals, some people had the advantage because of the cold weather. Now, whether that's the case or not, I don't know. That's been speculation for many, many years. You fast forward it, you have to remember it took them. It took them a lot of time from Dan Fouts, and they finally got Philip Rivers. Now, in the meantime, they did get a Super Bowl with Stan Humphreys. Now, the Chargers did make a Super Bowl appearance. They had Stan Humphreys as a quarterback, but I think yeah. But then they got blown out. Then it took them many more years. They got Philip Rivers. Of course, you have to remember they traded. They drafted Eli Manning. Eli didn't want to go to San Diego, so they flip-flopped the trade Eli for Phillip Rivers. Phillip went from New York to, well, we'll say San Diego. Of course, say they were still San Diego at the time. And let's be honest, the, I mean, let's be honest, the talent they had back then, you had you had the Phillip, the Phillip Rivers. At one point in time, you had what? With David Thomason, one of the better running backs in the history of the game. Then you go from David Thomason to Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon had some nice years with the, Char- with the Chargers. Yes, Keenan Allen, who is still with the Chargers right now. But again, the team, the Chargers seem to always have, always have talent. But for some reason, the talent, whether it was the talent, whether it was the coaching staff. Now, at one point in time, they had Marty Stott, uh, Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer had some good years with the Chargers. Good years with the Chargers. But he could never get the Chargers over the hump. And they had with Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn had all that talent, but Anthony Lynn could not take him over the top. And now Brandon Staley has asked to do the same thing that Don Quayle couldn't do, that Marty Schottenheimer couldn't, that couldn't do. Great coaches like those, he's had he's asked to do what they couldn't do. Now don't get me wrong, you got a great young quarterback in Justin Herbert who is. This is his third year in the league, and he has played exceptionally well. The offensive line has improved. Now, granted, Slater, who has a chance, who has a chance to be a Pro Bowler for the next eleven or twelve years with the Chargers, he's hurt out for the year. Now you have Austin, you have Austin Eckler, pretty good. Uh, you have a solid running back in this league. Now Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's missed the last couple of weeks because of a hamstring injury, but it's still one of the top receivers in this game. Mike Williams has stepped up his game. The man has always had talent, but injuries have always ruined his career to this point. You know, on the defensive side of the ball, they drafted was Joey Bosa a few years ago. They went out and got Khalil Mack. He went out and got one of the better corners in the league in Jason and JC Jackson. Now Bosa's hurt. Bosa's had a history of injuries the last couple of years. JC Jackson, he has been hurt, but when healthy, is still one of the top cornerbacks in this league. Again, it goes back to again all over. It's like the talent has always been there, but it's something that's always been missing. And you, and a lot of people say, "Well, it's got to be the coaching staff." But Don, as like Don Quayle did a good job with the Chargers. The Chargers were laughing stock for many years. He comes in, changes the system, and he got the Chargers to be winners. Marty Schottenheimer made them winners. Now, Anthony Lynn had some moments, had moments, but in the end, they fired him because he couldn't, couldn't get the team over the top. And now Brandon Staley, a defensive-minded coach, obviously has asked to take him up over the top. Now, we all know Staley comes from that coaching tree, the uh, Sean McRae coaching tree. Zach Taylor got the job with the Bengals because he was good with, he was, he was an offensive coach. 
and he came in when Joe Burrow got drafted, Zach was going to work with Joe Burrow and take it over the top. Now, Zach, Zach really has not let the world on fire. Last year, for whatever reason it was, I get it that the, that the Bengals did go to the Super Bowl. And I'm sure some of that has to do with Zach, with Zach Taylor. But to me, I've always thought Zach was overrated, and the Bengals can still do better than Zach Taylor. Now, with Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley has had, has had some questionable calls last year. Um, he was, some people thought he was maybe, he gambled a little too much. And this year, he has not really changed that much, at least from, from, from my eyes, that he has changed as far as that, as that goes. Um, if he has changed, I really don't think he has, um, I don't believe that he has, he has done, has done so in that regard. He has not changed. So moving, yeah, so moving forward, do I think Brandon Staley is going to be the guy to take, to take, finally take charges over the top? But one thing you have to realize is that division alone, you've got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes that has ran that division the last few years now. Now, Denver, they've got a new coach. They thought Russell Wilson was the answer, but Russell is a struggle. The new coaching staff has struggled. Josh McDaniels, you figure maybe Josh would take him over the top. But Josh, the Raiders have gotten off to a slow start. But the Chargers, the Chargers, they have struggled a little bit this year. But yes, but yet they're still in contention. Now, I thought the Chargers had what it took to at least get back into the playoffs. I didn't think they would certainly get to the AFC Championship game. I thought it would be Buffalo. It would be Buffalo and probably Kansas City again with Buffalo edging out Kansas City. And, of course, everybody's looking for the Buffalo-Kansas City match coming up this Sunday, which I'm sure it should be a, a good game. And we'll see another shootout like we did. I'm sure a lot of people are certainly looking, looking at that. I'm sure a lot of fantasy owners are hoping that's going to be the case. But it's I have to look at the Chargers' pass. It has it's got nothing to do with Brandon Staley in this situation. It's it's the Chargers that have always had talent. There's always something that stood in the Chargers' way for them taking over the top. Now I don't know if I I don't know Brandon. To me, I don't think Brandon Staley has a guy to take him over the top. But then again, who is? And I don't have an answer for it. I don't know of anybody that could take it over the top. The one guy I thought I would love to have seen would have been Jim Harbaugh. I could see Jim Harbaugh going to the West Coast and giving the you know giving this team a little bit of a flair. I thought Harbaugh could have been the man that could have taken it over the top. And see Harbaugh against Andy Reid, Harbaugh against Josh McDaniels, Harbaugh. And I could have seen that. That would have been an interesting matchup. But I thought a guy like maybe Harbaugh. Harbaugh has always stepped into every program he's done. He stepped into Stanford and wrote the ship. He went to the 49ers. He got to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick as the quarterback of that team. He got Michigan to the Final Four last year in the National Championship game. Granted, he had, he had some years where he struggled with Michigan, but he finally got the ship right, and he actually he beat Ohio State last year, which Ohio State has beat him the last several years. But Harbaugh, you know, got them. I thought maybe Harbaugh would have been the answer to this question and not so much Brandon Staley. Well, Harbaugh doesn't go, I don't see him leaving Michigan anytime soon. Then the biggest question is, who? Yeah, who's going to be that guy? Again, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a, really a right answer as the guy that can take it over the top. I don't know. 
I mean, I'm sure there's there's many many coaches. I'm sure there's many guys out there with opportunity that would love to step into a situation and have a, a good young quarterback like Justin Herbert or the talent that the Chargers have. Eventually, eventually, you hope in one of these days that this talent that the Chargers accumulated from the Khalil Max to the J.C. Jacksons to the, some of the decent drafts they've had, you would think one of the days, one of these days, it would all click. Again, the AFC alone is, is the, by far the best conference. It got Buffalo in it. Miami, at one point in time, we thought Miami was going to be a wild card team. Of course, they've had some injury issues that have sidetracked them. Again, the Ravens, you've got the MVP candidate, Lamar Jackson. I know people still want to give the Bengals their just, so a lot of people want to give the Bengals their just due, but let's be honest with you, the Bengals, the Bengals have struggled this year, at least offensively, not so much the defensive side of the ball. The Colts have been disappointed. The Titans are trying to right the ship, but the Chargers in their own division have got, everybody in the division is pretty solid for the, for the, you know, against the Chargers. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Now, we'll see what the Chiefs are made of when they have to step and play the Buffalo Bills this Sunday. But to answer the question, for a buddy of mine, do I see them being the team moving forward? I mean, can they move forward Brandon Staley? To answer that question, I don't know who can take them on the top. I don't think Brandon Staley is the answer to take them on the top. But I don't know who. I don't know what it's going to take to take the Chargers over the top. But for me, Brandon Staley is not the answer to take them over the top. Brandon might be, Brandon, I believe, is just one of those guys that hadn't, that was from that tree, that from that Sean McVay tree, that got this opportunity. Zach Taylor was the same way. He got the opportunity. Now, Zach has one thing under his belt. He did take a team to a Super Bowl. Zach does have it on his resume. But as you see, Brandon Taylor can top what Zach Taylor's done. He's going to charge the Super Bowl. And again, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't believe Randy Taylor is the answer to the question is, has the team again to the Super Bowl? But if Charles Neer are back to the Super Bowl, who's the guy to lead them? I don't know. Hopefully one day the Chargers with all these talent they accumulated, sometimes at one point in time, you would hope one of these days talent would take over and it would take you to the next level and get you into the Super Bowl. But for the Chargers, you got to get past Kansas City in your own division. <laughs> in your own division first before you can think about conquering the conference itself. Ladies and gentlemen, I will spend my last few minutes of this, of this episode going to talk about, again, a buddy of mine asked him one simple question. It's that time again, you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, people ask me, what is wrong with the Cincinnati Bengals offense? Well, if one thing is, they all, nobody, is, nobody is caught off guard by the Cincinnati Bengals as far as their offense. Is it talented? Yes, it's talented. The biggest problem was was the offensive line. That needed to be fixed because Joe Burrow was always seemed to be on his backside. They fixed that, but in the first like few weeks, I think the first two weeks of the season, yeah, it, it sucked. Yeah, he was still getting put on his backside. Then week three and four, it got better. They won. Last week, I think the offensive line kind of fell back into that what they did in week one and week two. The offensive line, for some whatever reason is, it has been inconsistent. It continues to be inconsistent. It continues to be a problem, which to me leads into a couple of things. Joe Mixon, the offensive line, has been known as inconsistent. That Joe Mixon has not gotten off to gotten off to a great start. Now, to me, 
The biggest thing is, yes, the Bengals need balance. And Joe is certainly the balance. Joe got a pretty decent contract a couple years ago. Joe needs to step up and earn the contract. The offense line has got to get better. Joe's got to be fed the ball more. I get it, you got Joe Burrow. I get it, you got Chase. Now, you got T. Higgins. Higgins got off to a decent start, but of course, he's had an ankle injury and it's a day to day thing. And again, you got Tyler Boyd, your number three receiver. You got three good receivers, but now Boyd, but with Higgins being hurt, Boyd's asked to step in and be the number two guy. Now, Boyd can do that, certainly, but who's going to step in and be the number three guy behind Tyler Boyd? They don't really have anybody. And I said, what it was a few episodes ago, if you're smart enough, get Hayden Hurst involved in the offense. And guess what? They got more involved in the offense, and he's played well. Well, again, here's the situation. Again, the biggest thing is they're not going to catch anybody off guard. Let's be honest with you. Burrow and Chase, and a lot of people are going to are going to are going to double cover Jamar Chase because nobody wants Jamar Chase to beat him over the top. And that's the biggest issue. Again, the same that they're playing the New Orleans Saints this week. Now, Marcus Lattimore will probably more than likely be covering. And Lattimore is one of the better cornerbacks in this league. Now, Lattimore at times can get beat. But then again, he does, he's had good games against a guy like Mike Evans. Now, can Lattimore do, have a good game against Jamar Chase? Yes, he can. And if that happens to be the case, two things got to happen. Number one, that forgives a guy like Tyler Boyd. And Tyler Boyd can be a guy that can catch six, seven balls over 100 yards and a touchdown. Boyd's got the capability of doing that. Does that free up Tyler Boyd? Does that free up Hayden Hurst? Somebody else has got to step up from that receiving core. I know they got Mike Thomas, but I'm not, you know, but Mike Thomas doesn't scare me to death. Jamar Chase scares me to death. Tyler Boyd could scare me. But after that, I mean, yeah, that becomes interesting. Chase is still the number one option. But I gotta be honest with you guys. Let's be let's 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 be honest. I said, but let's be honest, guys. The bottom line is, you gotta fit the offense line has gotta get got you, the offense line has gotta be fixed. It's gotta get better. You gotta have more balance. You gotta get you gotta have more balance. Mixon has got to run the ball more. You gotta you gotta let Joe Mixon run the ball more. Balance it out. I know that we've got we've got three quality receivers. I get it, understand it. But you got a pretty decent running back. Get him more involved. I don't care. Get Mixon more involved in the passing game. He's not a bad pass catcher out of the backfield. Get him more involved that way too. Get Mixon more involved. Get a little bit more involved than you know than Chase. Like I said, Higgins has has many people. And Higgins, when he's healthy, has many people has come out to bite people in the butt. He has done that. But now he's hurt. Now guys like Tyler Boyd are going to have to step up their game a little bit more. And Tyler has the capability of doing that. There was a point in time that Tyler Boyd was the number one receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals before Chase and Higgins came along. I'm sure I'm, people should remember that. And Hayden Hurst, you got him more involved. I told you that a while back. But can this can this shit be right? Yes, the shit can be can be can be right. But get the offense line is getting seen. Get Nixon more involved. And somebody else has got to step up on the receiver core, other than Chase, other than Boyd, other than Higgins. Somebody else has got to step up. Do that, then the offense could write itself. But we'll find out in time.
Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have time for this episode. Please take care of yourselves. And again, I will see you again very soon.